1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Vault 7 speculation holds the leaker was an insider, but there's no specific insider named yet. Supply chain security issues are raised by both Vault 7 leaks and discovery of preloaded malware in some Android devices. Bitcoin won't get its own ETF yet. Japanese companies' willingness to pay to make it go away is seen playing into the hands of ransomware extortionists. And GCHQ warns Britain's political parties to expect Russian influence operations in the general election. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your Cyberwire summary for Monday, March 13, 2017. The Vault 7 leaks look more as if their ultimate source was an insider. Former CIA Deputy Director Mike Morrill expressed no doubt over the matter in appearances on weekend talk shows. The material could only have come, he said, from strictly controlled and segregated internal networks. The effectiveness of such control and segregation seems not to have been called into question. Observers note a disturbing progression Snowden, shadow brokers, Martin, and now persons unknown that some say cast doubt on the U.S. intelligence community's security posture. This induces some, like Vice News, to think a contractor was behind the leak, but that's a priori speculation only. The investigation is in its early stages, and the speculation is coming from informed outsiders, but outsiders still. It seems there's been no large-scale leak of the hacking tools mentioned in Vault 7 so far. There's also been no visible movement yet on WikiLeaks's promise to work with software vendors in a responsible disclosure program to enable them to close those zero days. Exploitation attempts against vulnerable Apache Struts deployments continue, but Rapid7 reports that malicious traffic is down. Patching Apache Struts remains a good idea if you're an enterprise user. Checkpoint warns that it's detected preloaded malware in 38 Android phone models, two unnamed companies issued to employees. The manufacturers were not, Checkpoint says, responsible. Rather, the bad code appears to have been introduced somewhere along the supply chain. This is a different matter from other episodes of preloaded malware, which have tended to be traceable to the device's point of origin. Looking to our CyberWire events calendar, we have two events worthy of your consideration. Booz Allen is holding a recruiting event in Tyson's Corner, Virginia this Wednesday, March 15th. They invite innovators, designers, and coders to attend. This Thursday, March 16th, you can join Delta Risk for a webinar on 6 lessons learned from hunting advanced cyber criminals. You'll find links to register for both on our event tracker at the cyberwire.com/events. Malware Hunter reports finding a new and unusually persuasive paycard information stealer. The malicious app, Betaling, passes itself off as the Chrome browser, and it's a pretty convincing spoof, at least insofar as look and feel are concerned, even down to a little reassuring HTTPS lock in the corner. Bad news for Bitcoin arrived Friday, as the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission turned down an application to establish the Winklevoss Bitcoin Trust which would have been the world's first Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. The SEC denied the proposal, essentially, because of fears that the fund's value would have been too dependent on unregulated Bitcoin actors outside the reach of U.S. law and regulation, and therefore could have been too susceptible to manipulation. Value of a Bitcoin dropped from about $1,300 to about $1,000 on the news. Bitcoin's underlying blockchain technology, however, has uses and applications outside the narrow confines of that cryptocurrency. You can learn more about blockchain and related technologies next Monday, March 20th, when the security community reconvenes at its jailbreak watering hole, and that's a physical watering hole, a craft brewery, in Laurel, Maryland, to talk with Novetta about Ethereum and graph databases. We checked in with one of the presenters, Novetta blockchain analyst Dr. Corey Petty, for a preview of his presentation.
0: The Ethereum aspect of what I'm talking about is really about how people interact with the businesses that you create and trying to understand a new framework of how you build it up in regards to trust. So how you trust your customers, how your customers trust you, and then how they then interact with the product that you create for them. Uh, Ethereum opens up a lot of different ways in which you can do that that aren't based on the traditional client-server model of things.
1: For people who don't know what uh, smart contracts are, can you give us an overview of what that means?
0: A smart contract can be thought of as a robot. Uh, A smart contract is just a term that they kind of came up with for historical reasons, but for a high-level purpose, it's programming functionality into something that is going to be embedded and that it can't change. And then you can then interact with that functionality, much like a robot. So you would program up a robot, give it some type of function. Uh, It can do a certain amount of things. It can handle money. And then you set it out into the wild and then you interact with that robot at your whim and other people can also interact with that robot and that's kind of the best way or easiest way to kind of absorb what a smart contract does and so you create these things you write up a contract with various functions to do some task and then interact with it
1: what are the advantages of a smart contract over you know a traditional uh, you know pen, pen and paper kind of contract
0: uh, a lot of it is that it's written in code and how it works after being deployed it will always work that way it can't be changed and if it does change you know that automatically a big part of what blockchain kind of promises is this idea of auditing as well as transparency so what you're interacting with and how you're interacting with it is, is very easy to see, easy to understand, and you know that it hasn't changed since the last time you used it. I think it's important to share that this technology is very new. A lot of people hear a lot of buzzwords around blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and it's someone that's this, this panacea to solve a lot of problems. And we're not there yet. It's It's opening up a lot of doors, but it's very infrastructure level. So you need to build a lot of things on top of infrastructure before you have an end product.
1: That's Dr. Corey Petty from Novetta. He's also the host of the Bitcoin podcast. Network analyst Chris Andreasen will be presenting on graph databases as well. You can find a link to the event in the CyberWire's event tracker. Or visit w3.novetta.com techtalk tech talk. The Japan Times laments ransomware's local successes. The country's enterprises have seen a wave of targeted ransomware, and Japan Times thinks they're caving in too quickly because of a strong tradition of what the newspaper calls pay to make it go away. GCHQ warns British political parties of coming Russian attempts to influence elections. Kieran Martin, chief executive of GCHQ's National Cyber Security Center, the NCSC, wrote to parliamentary leaders requesting a meeting during which the intelligence service could brief them on the threat of Russian online influence operations. He characterized the risk as the, quote, potential for hostile action against the UK political system, end quote. He cautioned that it's not only the political parties' networks and systems that are at risk, but that attacks could extend to, quote, parliament, constituency offices, think tanks, and pressure groups, and individuals' email accounts, end quote. Martin clearly expects Russian influence operations to follow the templates suggested by the DNC hacks during the last U.S. election cycle. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. visit zscaler.com slash zerotrustai. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Dr. Charles Clancy. He's the director of the Hume Center for National Security and Technology at Virginia Tech. Um, Dr. Clancy, uh, there is this ongoing debate about uh, end-to-end encryption. You wanted to bring us up to date. What are your thoughts on it, where it stands right now?
2: Indeed, the, uh, the the topic got a lot of attention about a year ago with the Apple versus FBI uh, lawsuit and, and the efforts to get Apple to reveal or to hack their own device in order to uh, provide information to the FBI to support law enforcement. And the debate has uh, kind of had its up and down ups and downs since then, with a number of different pieces of legislation introduced uh, congressionally from uh, sort of both extremes, uh, where uh, sort of one end. Cell, uh, operators of telecommunications infrastructure and, and services must have uh, the ability to provide keys to law enforcement under any circumstance. To the other end, which is uh, uh, very much on the civil liberties and privacy side, that sort of prohibits uh, such activity by uh, uh, telecommunications providers. We're still waiting to see where Senator Warner's proposal for a 9 uh, 11 style commission to actually do a thorough analysis of, of the topic goes. I think kind of one of the interesting things is that this is not a new debate. Uh, we had this debate back in the 1990s with the with the Clipper chip, mm. uh, and many of the proposed approaches, which include things like key escrow and use of threshold cryptography to split up master keys uh, among multiple uh, organizations, so no one entity has sort of supreme power for decryption, were sort of tested in public opinion back in the 90s and really not found uh, to be really favorable outcomes. So. As these uh, efforts move forward, it'll be interesting to see if we come to a different conclusion this time around. Uh, Perhaps since 9-11, the security versus privacy pendulum has swung in the other direction, Uh, although perhaps since Snowden it swung back back the other way. I guess my my point, though, is that there really are no new technologies on the table. The Mm. technologies that are being proposed now are the same technologies that were rejected back in the 1990s. It'll be interesting to see, as the debate continues, uh, whether or not we really make any progress on this issue.
1: What are you seeing in terms of uh, what direction the Trump administration may take with this issue?
2: Uh, that's a great question Uh, obviously there's a a, a strong push towards law enforcement and national security within the Trump administration Uh, really all we've seen so far though out of the Trump administration are reports that uh, uh, different uh, federal agencies are uh, using end-to-end encryption uh, as part of uh, their ability to coordinate internal protests against the new administration uh, rather than the administration taking any definitive actions or, or putting forward any policies towards the issue
1: itself. All right, the debate goes on. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Dr. Charles Clancy, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks. Migrate from one IDP to another and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network